thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. This is Up for a Chat with Cindy O'Mara, Karen Smith, and Kim Morrison. Up for a chat about the hottest topics that are important to you, inspiring you to awaken the change within. I'm Karen Smith. I'm Kim Morrison. And I'm Cindy O'Meara. And I'm a little excited. (laughs) (laughs) So today we've got somebody really, really near and dear to my heart. This is the beautiful Raylene Byrne. Now, if you have listened to um, any of the Karen's Couch podcasts, you'll hear that Raylene has actually been one of our guests a couple of times. She is an absolute gem and a wealth of knowledge when it comes to everything about universal balance, planetary alignment, phases that the planet goes through, energetic movement um, um, throughout the planet, how that affects us as humans, creating harmony. Um, all the beautiful stuff that's very close to my heart. So, Raylene, gorgeous, spunky bum, welcome to the show. <laughs> Hi, thanks for that. I don't know about the spunky bum, but hey, I'll take it. <laughs> hey, if I'm offering it, take it. <laughs> I will. <laughs> <laughs> it's I'll fabulous to have you. It's fabulous <laughs> to have you on the show, my love. Thank you. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, well, it's gonna. It gets a bit crazy with the three of us, you know. There's the tart Kim Morrison, and then we've got our Cindy, who's just like all things totally out there. And then there's me, you know. So it gets a bit crazy. So strap yourself in because we're in for a pretty wild ride. Bring it on! <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> so, well, let's let's kick off. Let's let's talk about. You and I spoke about the magic of 2017 and what that really meant in terms of ushering in a new era. Tell our listeners a little bit about what that means because we're a little, you know, we're we're right well and truly into 2017 now. So what's going on with the planet energetically and why does everybody that I seem to talk to have these ebbs and flows of feeling in control and then totally lost and then in control and then totally lost. What is happening? Oh, God, there's so much going on at the moment. So I don't want to go into too much detail with what we've been through, but up until the end of 2016, and I think you and I talked about this, we, um, through the planet, through the universe and through our own energetic selves, and humanness and our DNA, we went through big activations over two nine-year periods. And so at the end of 2016, we came to the end of this nine-year cycle and 2017 is the beginning of this next new nine-year cycle. And that's universal um, cycles that we're going through. So because we've started this new one, what it means is all the the DNA uh, light code activations, the deeper work that was happening to us over the last, you know, 18 years has been around waking aspects of ourselves up that have been shut down for eons and every time we go through a, a millennial change where we have repeating dates like January the 1st 2001 February the 2nd 2002 3rd of March 2003 so we have those 1112222333 they're signals a universal code that affects our DNA at core level and it starts to wake things up and shake things up in us And so once things like that happen, we have to physically catch up. And that's the hardest thing. Our density is the hardest aspect of being a human or being a spirit in a human body because it takes so long. Our spirit's got it, but the humanness has all these layers and beliefs and all this other stuff going on that blocks it. So we've started 2017 trying, um, or not trying, but Um, with this sense of aligning and awakening and trying to allow the aspects of self that are starting to wake up that have been asleep for a very, very long time uh, coming back. So there's aspects of ourself that we're unaware of that that is waking up. So when, when we're going through something like that, we're going to have universal ebbs and flows and it's funny you said what you said, what you did about the really active for three days and then two days it's like you're crushed. 
this is what's happening. Not only have we got this alignment happening within ourselves at DNA level, which is connected to our planet, because that planet's going through a big awakening process as well, and it's lining up with everything in the universe because everything's expanding. We've got that going on. We've got the stuff going on in our in our physical body, and we also have time is playing the most ridiculous joke on us at the moment because, as we know, the only place that time really exists is the is in the human construct when you look at nature and you look at the cycles that's how life is cycles there's no 7 a.m 9 15 you know 2 30 meetings that's the human construct for us and so time is expanding so much that we are having these really big moments where you'll have one day where you get everything done and you're really achieved and you feel great and then the next day you can't you can't get moving or else you start to do something and the next thing the day's gone and you've done nothing so time is we're going through a different understanding of what time is and it's not to do with what's outside of us anymore it's to do with what's within us so this 2017 this number one or a universal one year is okay We've woken up aspects of you. Now you've got to get used to it. You've got to start bringing it to life. You've got to start owning it and you've got to keep stepping away from everything that isn't you. So at the start of this year, even to now, there's a lot of ups and downs for people because we're still aspects, old things coming up, old beliefs, old habits, old patterns that are up and it's like we're rolling our eyes into the back of our head and looking at our brain back there and going, what the hell? I thought I'd done this. But again, it's another level of it that we've got to address. So this is a really big year for planting. I'm not saying one seed. A lot of people talk about plant a seed for the next nine years. I'm over the one seed. I'm planting a freaking orchard because at the end of nine years, I want to have um, this incredible feel in my life of abundance that everybody can feast from and not just have one tree with one fruit. So this is what I'm talking to people this year. It's this expansiveness of self. What else am I um, capable of? What else is waking up in me? How can I bring that to life? How can I be true to it? And how can I stay in the flow of what's going on? And we are going to have days where we'll go for it and other days where we're being knocked over. And the days that we're being knocked over is, is the test. I see it as the test we're really focused and we're proud of ourselves and then we got fall over basically. And they're the days where it's within us to say, okay, I can't physically do what I was doing the last three or four days or the last week. My mind's not in it. My energy's not right. I'm just off. So you know what? I'm not going to even think about that. I'm going to go and do something else. Change the scenery. Change the environment. Do something else. Because as I said when I started speaking, we are trying to align from the deep within with the deep core of the universe, this whole energy shift that's going on within all of us. So we are going to have days where we have to allow it to catch up. So physically, we're not going to be able to do things and we have to be not so busy in our heads. We have to stop and allow it to, to land and allow it to arrive and allow ourselves that moment to go, okay, time out, recalibrate come back into the, the core and the balance and the harmony in the centre of who I am and then we take off again. And so that was a very long-winded answer. <laughs> Sorry. I just Well, the question that I'm interested to know about all of this is, you know, it's, it's, it's like I can kind of see from somebody who's a, a bit of a layman in, in, in this kind of work, I can kind of see that the planet goes through cycles and I can see that humanity goes through cycles. One thing I see that's very clear, though, it's almost as if history continues to repeat itself amongst humanity. I mean, the, the traumas and the tragedy and the political struggles and strifes and, you know, where we are with our um, health and well-being and our food and our, you know, the, 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 the abuse of each other or the abuse of the planet. You know, if you look back in ancient Egyptian times, there was obviously we were less evolved, but it was a similar kind of cycle that was playing out. And I can see that we go through cycles as humanity. But what fascinates me is that the earth is a living construct, or not construct, but a living, a living piece of existence. The planet is a living piece of existence. 
and things grow from it and we feed from it and it and it's it, it's it's our home and it fascinates me that energetically the planet goes through its own energetic cycles which then obviously affect the energetic cycles of the humans who are living on it feeding from it um, and the same with the animals who are living on it and feeding from it and then the humans are feeding on them it's it to me it's it's incredibly fascinating and it makes sense it makes sense that there would be cycles what is it that drives those cycles do you have a theory on that <laughs> Well, I believe in the, in the universal intelligence. So, you know, with, some people call it source, some people call it gods, you know, whatever people want to call it. I believe there is this incredible intelligence that has this, that had a vibration and a frequency that that birthed things. And I mean, I'm not going to go into that. That's a whole big tangent, you know, that one. That's huge. Mm-hmm. But there, but what we're doing is the cycles that we're talking about. Yes, you're right. The earth goes through cycles. When you actually... If you can visualize or imagine in your head um, our, our solar system, so we have the sun and we've got the planets and they all, you know, orbit around the sun. Well, our sun is a tiny little speck in another huge system um, orbiting a, a, a planet called Alcyone, which is in the Pallades um, star system, and that's got a 26,000-year orbit. So this is where the cycles come in. We've got our daily cycle, our moon cycle. We've got the 365-day cycle around the sun. Our whole um, solar system has a 26,000-year cycle around another sun in Elcyone. And then that particular uh, system is on an arm of the Milky Way. And in the centre of the Milky Way is basically what they call the galactic centre. And there's these arms coming out from it. And this is massive. And that particular little band of uh, energy or that little band of Milky Way that the Earth is a part of, that has a 225 million year cycle around the centre of the universe. So everything is, there's some intelligence that's working this. I don't understand why it's like that, but it's a way of evolving. And every time in our human life, uh, our Earth is a living being. It's a living, breathing uh, expanding being and in its um, journey it has 5,125 year cycles and this is what the Mayans have mapped out and they were the most their calendar is the most accurate that exists still today they have the 13 moons the you know, 13 months of the year they go by the full moon so their cycle is 5,125 years and then it flips and then we start another 5,125-year cycle. And Greg Braden talks about this in his book, Fractal Time. Everything goes in cycles. But what happens when we're going through a cycle, and it happens in our life, we, we know it for ourselves as well. And so if it's happening for us, it's happening on a bigger scale. We go through a cycle, and when we come back to that point where it feels like, oh, I, I've done this before, we actually don't come back to that original point. We've come back at a space above it. So it's like looking at a slinky. If you stretch a slinky out, it's all the circles and they don't ever quite meet. And that's what it's like. That's how the cycles work for us. It's this evolution going to the next level, going to the next level of awareness or the dimensions or um, other frequencies basically. So we've got this constant thing. It's how we grow and expand. And that's the only way I can really explain it because it's something that's inborn and inbred in us and it, it has its own wisdom and it's like we go through it and we are, we can witness it and we can be aware of it but we really can't change it because it's part of the cycle of the universe that exists within us so we're that tiny little micro micro thing in this massive universe reflecting what's going on on a bigger scale but we're more immediate because our cycles are so tiny compared to what we live in does that make sense? Yeah, I think. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's fair to say that I think we are quite little, and we're quite. Oh. Um, no, I wouldn't say insignificant because then I'd love to ask you. On the other hand, how we, as mere mortals on this little planet in this time and right here, Raylene, how we can impact the world, or how we can impact 
our presence or or what does it mean then? Why are we here then if we're that little? Well, this is the thing. It's our soul experience. So if you look at the bigger picture, the humanness of us is a vehicle. All it is, it's a carrier for something that's incredibly enormous and incredibly magnificent. But as I come back to what I said before, through our human conditioning, over eons and eons of time, those aspects of us that were really truly incredibly big and uh, able to do all sorts of things were shut down systematically, you know, eons after eons after eons. So that's why when you go to science, now quantum science talks about this, that they can account for 5% of our DNA. They know what 5% of our DNA does and the other 95% is considered inverted commas as junk DNA. Now that does things to my head when I see that because I go, 95% junk DNA, crikey, there's 95% and they don't know what that is, what it's capable of. Who the hell are we? What are we truly, truly capable of doing and achieving? So our little soul, that little aspect of divinity, has its own journey and it could have, you know, I'm going to sound a bit crazy here, but it could have been on different star systems, you know, it could have been anywhere in this huge galaxy or galaxies that we're involved in. But we've come to this human thing because there's one thing about being on earth and that is feelings. The one thing our souls crave when they come to the earth is to learn about feelings. So when we decide to create our blueprint to come onto planet earth to understand feelings, it's part of our soul's eternal journey. You've got to remember a soul isn't something that exists for one lifetime. It's eternal. So we're accruing information and experiences and wisdom lifetime after lifetime after lifetime and it comes, it's gets, it's stored in us and it comes to life through our uh, DNA and through other experiences we go. So we have flashes and behaviours will come through and we don't know what it's from. All of a sudden you'll have a past life memory or someone will do some healing with you and up it comes and it's like, oh, that makes sense, that's where it's come from. And understanding too that past life, present and future all exist in the, in the now because there is no time in the universe i know that sounds crazy but that's how it is so what was the question again oh what are we here for what are we here for what we're here for is our own growth our soul needs to grow our soul needs to expand our soul needs healing so we come here into this human existence and it's a very dense journey i mean humanity is very very dense and we look at it as karen said these repeating patterns I look back at you know, human history in the last 5,000 years and nothing much has changed. There's terrible things going on. But how do we make a difference? We're here to help ourselves and the planet ascend to the next level, to shift its frequency, shift its vibration into this next inverted commas fifth dimension. And this next dimension that we're all moving towards is really about open-heartedness, collaboration, unity, there's more um, peace, there's all the things that we aspire to that we know at, at core level, that's what life is about. We're here to lift the frequency to another level to achieve that. So in the bigger picture, it looks like what we do doesn't matter. But what we have to understand is when we're doing our soul work in the here and now, that is not just impacting the earth right now or, you know, the people we interact with. It's going out like a radio frequency into the universe and beyond. We are adding to a collective energetic frequency that is growing and expanding right through the universe. So what we do matters. It matters in the here and now. It matters to what we've lived through and it matters in, uh, to where we're going. So right now, whatever it is, Whatever it is that we're here for, we're here for that in ourselves. Nobody else has to like it. Nobody else has to agree with it, but we're here for it for ourselves. So we have to show up. Now, I'm not talking about mass murderers here. You know, they've got issues, big issues. I'm talking about people who, like, you know, all of us and loads of other people in the world are going, there's got to be a better way. The, the thing that we wake up to is, is this all life is? There's got to be something more. And that was my wake-up call. There's got to be something more to life. When we actually get that feeling, our soul wakes up. Our soul is there nudging us along. As soon as we say there's got to be something more, there's got to be meaning to this, then we start the work and we strip away all the stuff that's not real and not true for us 
to start exploring that part of us that's so much bigger than what we can imagine and start delivering that to life. And how we start delivering it is by offering change, offering uh, ways for people to make change for them to wake up. And it's the planting of the seeds. You, you scatter a field with seeds. Something's going to grow. So that's our job and that's the only way we can actually change frequency and change um awareness is not to look at how do we get the the big people out there to change their mind that that's not going to happen but we have to do it in ourselves and grow it from a groundswell and let that start shifting that will move much faster and with more momentum than trying to target one or two big decision makers in the world on the globe uh to make changes that that's not going to happen it has to start from foundations I think it's fair to say that most people have a sensation inside of themselves, like a yearning or a calling or a heart's deepest desire where they feel like they know that there's that they're destined for something more than what they're doing. And I think certainly for, you know I've I've spoken for hundreds of thousands of people around the world and every time I say it is every who he feels like there's something bigger and and deeper calling them than what they're currently experiencing. And and nine out of ten people will put their hands up. And so I think it's fair to say that people do have a, 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 a deep desire and everybody's is different. You know, like I'm a speaker and Kimmy's into oils and he's into nutrition and we're all into something, you know, a little bit different. And obviously, Raylene, you're into this stuff. Um, well, and, I'm and into it's Sorry, I'm into soul stuff. I'm really big around people connecting to their soul because that's where the universal wisdom lives. And if, so we, if people can access Let's talk that. about that. Well, let, mm. let, let's talk about that because that, that was the point that I guess I was coming to is that how do people really embrace that heart's deepest desire, that soul's deepest yearning, that deepest calling? How do they know that that's coming from something greater than themselves it's not just something that they're making up and that if they do follow it their life will feel fulfilled because i know a lot of people they get these heart's deepest desires but they leave them unfulfilled thinking it's not real it doesn't mean anything it's no big deal they're never going to make money or everyone will laugh at them or you know whatever it is that's their barrier or their obstacle how does somebody know that that's coming from something bigger okay so what you're talking about, what you've just described is ego. When you've got a heart calling or a heart yearning or this, there's this deep, um, and I want to say it comes from discontent. There's something, you people wake up, you know, they're going through life and it's just not right, they're uncomfortable, there's a discontent and they start the questions, there has to be something more. That's the first port of call. There's got to be something more to life than what's going on. What am I doing? I can't keep doing this anymore. This is just, what's the point? So they're the questions. But what happens, the ego or the inner critic or the inner judge, whoa, will kick in because it doesn't want the soul to run the lover it doesn't want you to be tapping into the soul because it's so expansive so i'll explain it to you this way you, you might get it you, the people listening might get it so you've got to visualize a big paddock so look at a paddock in your mind's eye paddock and there's you know all these rolling undulating hills in the background it's very new zealand kim what i'm looking at and um in the middle of this big paddock there is uh, a 10 foot high fence on four walls. So you've got this fenced off area, 10 foot high fence. So it's like a yard. Inside that yard, there is a child. And that child's in there and every now and again, something new gets tossed in the yard. And this child is playing with, you know, the toys or the distractions, the little things in the yard over and over each day. It's the same thing. Now and again, something new gets tossed in. Then one day, this child or this young person looks at the top of the fence and goes, I wonder what's on the other side. And so they crawl up and they have a look and all they see is open space and it is appealing and it feels free. That's what people look for is freedom. And so that child or that person will climb the fence, jump over and go out. And it's like, oh, God, I can actually breathe now. Out in there, in this open space, feeling what it's like to be completely open and free and then all of a sudden all the noise starts back in that fenced-off area. 
you can't leave us. What about me? You're responsible for this. You have to do this. Who's going to feed me? All this stuff going on. So that person, that child or adult, whatever it is, is called back. It's like this big pull back into that fenced off area because that's where it feels safe. That's how the mind works. That's the ego. It keeps you blocked in and fenced off because it only knows what we feed it. It only knows what we give it. But on the other side of that fence is that expansiveness. That's the soul. That's what the best analogy I can give. And you're out there and that's when you feel free and you feel unlimited. Everywhere you look, it's like, wow, this is all for me. So coming back to um, what you were saying, that it's that calling. So how do you differentiate between the soul calling and ego? The ego will give you reasons. It will justify. It will try and talk you out of things. The ego, I'm going to be quite blunt, never freaking will shuts up. It's chatter, 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 giving you all the reasons why you can't do things. Whereas the soul, and when people get this, the soul is very succinct. It's very clear. And if once you start tuning into your heart and ask for an answer or ask for guidance, it's, you know, it's like a few words or a very succinct sentence. There's no explanation. There's no reasons. There's nothing else. It's very succinct because there's a part of you, that soul, that knows exactly what that means. So to live in that heart space and people get frightened. They get frightened of stepping into that because if they do, this is the clincher, things in life have to change. And what it does for a lot of people, they get nervous because they start to realize if I see that there's more to life, then what does what I've done account for? So there's a really hard um, stepping stone there for people to actually go from head to heart. And the Dalai Lama says it so beautifully. He said the biggest journey any of us will ever experience in our life is 18 inches long. It's from our head to our heart. So what you're saying is for people to tap in, for them to feel confident and then them to know it, it's a deep sense. It's a, it's a sense of um, comfort. It's a sense of relief. Um, it's a sense of, oh, it's just this, all I want to say is this, oh, like I can let, I could just let go. It's like everything just lets go because you actually step into this flow. And that's what happens when you're coming from that, that um, soul heart space is life starts to flow and you stop worrying about all the stupid things that we used to worry about because we used to think it was important. Your, your priorities change. Your uh, interactions with people change. The way you look after yourself changes. The way you interact with um, everything in, in life starts to change. You come from a different level of self. It's like once the door opens, it can't ever be shut. And I always say to people, when people want to start working with me, you know what? We're going to open some doors here. And once they're open, you can never plead ignorance. You, you've just got to keep going. So that's sort of what I think you're asking me is that how do people negate, you know, oh, you know, what if it's not real? That's only their own fears and their own sense of lack of confidence in doing it because a lot of people who are waking up, if they've got soul experiences that, you know, are playing out in their life, they will have had uh, memories in the, in the subconscious and the unconscious of any time in their previous lives where they've been involved in anything that's uh, spiritual or expansive or healing or medicine where they've been persecuted, killed, murdered, um, tortured, all that sort of stuff. So that does hold people back. They don't know what it is, but their soul, or not their soul, their ego, their mind will really give them some good reasons why not to trust the soul. Does that answer your question? Yeah. Yeah, just it's so good. It's so good. This is a rabbit hole. I love it. What what would you say, Raylene, on a just if I can bring it back to to me in the world right here, right now, what yep. would we all how, how do we learn this knowledge or what what paths do you go down to discover more about this, to have it become a part of you so that it feels like you are in the same realm or that we are bigger than this or, in fact, we're smaller than all of this. But how, where, where, where did you go to learn? That? What, what journey did you go on to come here? <laughs> <laughs> As I said, once you open the door, there you can never plead against. <laughs> um, 
It's a journey. Look, uh, for me, how it started for me was, um, it, and is that what you're asking me? How did it start for me? Just to be clear, or is it, are you asking how it starts for you? Yes. No, how it started for you, which could prompt okay. how it could start for some of us mere mortals. Okay. So, okay. So how it started for me was uh, I was born, brought into a, a very strict Catholic family. And from young years, I would I was always in trouble because I always asked questions. I don't know why, but I could see stuff and it just didn't make sense to me as a kid. It just didn't make sense. And I would ask questions. I was always getting in trouble and, you know, we don't ask that and you've got to trust this and you've got to believe that and blah, blah, blah. And um, I got into my teenage years and something in me, and I'll explain this in a minute, something in, in me was waking up and I was um, going to the library. Now, this is a few decades ago when libraries were really popular places um, and I was getting books on meditation, um, astral travel, uh, crystals. This is way back. And I was reading these books and I was going into my room through the day and doing these exercises for astral travel. And I was, what I was doing was learning how to manage my energy body. That's what I was doing. And it all seemed a bit too crazy and weird for my family and I had to shut it down. I shut the door on it. And this is a really good thing for you guys to, to understand. There are, and this is a physiological thing and I'll come back to my awakening, there are three times, three stages in um, especially women's lives where the opening up to spiritual connection or soul connection is gifted to you on a silver platter and it's almost laid at your feet with great elegance and ease. And those times are at puberty, pregnancy, and menopause. And the reason, the physiological reason, is because they're the three times in your life where the hormones are going nuts. And when our hormones are flooding our body, working through our endocrine system, the endocrine system, when you're looking at chakras and energy bodies, they are the first physical landing place for light in our body. So when we've got those three stages of our life where it's being gifted, it's because our hormones are just off the Richter scale. And that shows you, that's a key for anyone like Cindy, Kim, what you're doing you know, in your world, those really important endocrine the importance of the endocrine system with the ability to hold light is a really big factor for good health and well-being for people and that's a whole other thing that's just a little tidbit there so coming back into my awareness that happened to me at puberty and then um, you know, I finally finished school and I thought oh I can't live this life this is just too restrictive so I jumped on a train and went to the other side of the country and um Started, you know, reading about nutrition and having some pretty interesting interactions with people and unaware that my life, I was actually following my, you know, my intuition about I can't live in a city, I have to move, I have to travel. So I went off exploring and I had to go and find myself. And that was, when I look back, that's what I was doing. When I left home, I was going to find myself. I had no idea what I was going to do in the world. I got a scholarship to go to uni and I went, not doing that. I've got something else more important to do. And off I went. And over a few years, I was, you know, reading books and interacting with people and, you know, having some crazy experiences. And then um, finally, you know, after a few years, I went to an acupuncturist. Uh, one of my youngest son was pretty sick and he was meant to be on a lot of medication. He was only 20 months old and I didn't like what was happening. And I asked the question because I watched his physiological response to some of the drugs he was given. And I said to one of the doctors, uh, what's the long-term effects of this stuff? And the doctor, just, just you know, as a statement, a matter of fact, went, oh, it'll shorten his life, but at least he'll be able to, you know, live for a bit. And I just looked at it and I went, oh, no, there's got to be another way because this is not, this is totally against my philosophy and I'm looking at his physiological response and it's not healthy. So I then started looking for something, doctor of Chinese medicine, which I found, long story short, lying on a table one day, needles everywhere in me. And thinking I'm going to be very profound here because he was sitting in the corner not saying anything. He was very, 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 very quiet. And I just looked over him and I said, you know what, Doug? Do you reckon there's got to be something more to life than how we live in? There's got to be some other reason. Like, what we're doing, what is it for? And he just got up, came over, pulled all the needles out, smiled at me, and he said, I've been waiting for you to say that. Now the real work can begin. And the next thing he said to me is the moment that changed my life. He tapped my higher heart and he looked into my eyes and he said, everything you need to know you already have within. And that was it. 
And he, after that, I got up off the table and he said, uh, we're going to start next week. I'm going to teach you how to meditate. And that was it. That was the start of my journey. And when I left his um, clinic that day, I walked out, opened the door, and I looked at the world completely differently. With that haunting in the back of my head, everything you need to know you already have within. But what most of us do, I mean, we hear it and it's very cliched and it sounds, you know, yes, you know, you get all excited when you hear it. But the reality is we doubt it. We can't believe it. And so we then go, I know I did, every workshop I could find, seminars, courses, live-in trainings, oh, I did everything. I've got a folder full of um the things, that accomplishments that I've made, achievements and diplomas and all that jazz. And it really brings you, when you've done all of this, it brings you back. After a few years, you start hearing the same stuff over and over and over. And when you actually know that you're there is when you actually hear there's nothing new on the planet. There is absolutely nothing new on the planet. All this new age stuff I see as K-N-E-W, new age. It's all recycled, rehashed, rejuvenated, reinvented, and everybody is adding their perceptions of what they think is going to make something better. And that's great. You know, it's all different frequencies and vibrations and people need to hear things different ways. But when you actually get it, there's nothing new on the planet, then you actually start turning within. And when you start to turn within, to, to get that journey within yourself, it's that... Um, what, oh, how do we how do we put this? You, you go within. It's starting to have a language, understanding the language of your soul and understanding how to listen and deeply listen. So the language of your soul, um, the starting point for it, this is how I feel and see it and it works for me, is our emotions and feelings. I see them as an energetic sensation and it rises within us when things trigger us. And what we've learned to do in our human existence is – have a feeling rise up or an emotion rise up and straight away, bang, we label it, which all of a sudden it shuts it off and then it becomes a mental process. Most people on the planet live their feelings through mental processes. They don't actually feel them. We shut them off. We cut them off. When you actually allow those energetic sensations, feelings or emotions to rise without labeling them, just to allow that energy to move through you, it will always leave a residue of wisdom. Because it's your soul showing you something, opening some deep um, information for you to navigate life and understand why is this going on around me? Okay, I've got this feeling. Something's really triggering me. I'm going to sit with this. Allow the feeling to come through, not label it. What's it about at the end? And you always get a beautiful, clear um, answer and you're not hanging on to the energy. Most of us are walking around up to our neck with bubbling feelings and emotions that we've never fully released and every and now and again when you do explode it's everything has a chance to finally you know burst out of you like a volcano so to start the journey as i said you've got to start going within now some people do it through meditation they do lots of you know hour here two hours there i don't i've done all that i don't believe you need to do that now things are much faster you can actually sit in and um five minutes, ten minutes here and there. Nature is one of the best things we can do for wisdom. It's always reflecting to us what we need. It's my first place to go when I need answers for anything. Sit in nature and be with myself. So it's the journey within and also that deep listening. Most of us on the planet, most humans, we hear stuff but we're not listening. We're hearing but we're thinking about what we need to say. So we're not listening and listening isn't just the words that are being spoken, when we're doing the deep listening, we're feeling, we're seeing, we are hearing, and there's a sense of knowing. It's much deeper. It's all those, it's like those six senses of us are all engaged as well. It's more expansive. Deep listening is expansive. So, um, so Renee, journey- can I just, can, can I just, can yeah. I just ask you a quick question? A lot of people find it very challenging to meditate. And I get that, you know, we're on a short time frame here, so you're trying to get as much information in as you possibly can. But if you just – can you just give our listeners maybe – because if that's one of the first steps is to be able to do that deep listening and to really pay attention to how we feel energetically, what, you know, what we're trying to communicate, what we're trying to 
discover inside of ourselves. Because if that if that is one of the answers to being able to um, understand and hear what our heart's deepest desire is, and then answer that calling, what are some really easy step by step instructions that you can give to our listeners? Okay. For those do- that really struggle to meditate, what All are right. some things that they can do? The best thing is the 21 breath meditation. That's the best thing. Give it to all my people who can't do it, who can't meditate. 21 breaths. And this is a really good way to start learning what things mean to you. Pick a word, whether it's uh, peace, calm, relaxation, um, clarity, balance, harmony, alignment. Pick a word that you're you're wanting to understand how you it works for you. You take a breath, connected heart, just breathe in and out of your heart space. Even putting your hand on your heart physically, it brings you straight there. It pulls you into your heart straight away. It, and I always speak with my hand on my heart because I, I want to be from there. So that's a good physical thing for people to do. So then you've, you've got this moment, hand on your heart, take a breath, visualize the word in your mind's eye. And then you these are the words I say, I invite the frequency of that word, whatever it is, calm, peace, tranquility, whatever, to activate within and around me right now. And then I breathe it in and breathe it out, and that's one breath. And then breathe it in and out, that's two breaths. You do it for 21 breaths, and it's been proven that you do something with your mind focused for 21 breaths, you change your nervous system. And then you start to feel what that what that is for you. And as you go through your day, because you've activated a frequency that you're paying attention to, you will see it showing up in your life in lots of different ways. And it's just allowing you to have a deeper understanding of where you are with that particular thing. You with me? Yeah, Raylan, can you just tell me what that that quest what it was that you said I asked for the what was it? Oh, I invite the frequency of whatever the word is that you, you want to learn about with yourself. I invite the frequency of that to activate within and around me. With your hand on your heart, because you, you're really going, you're beyond. We're much faster at doing stuff now, but that's a whole other sem- a whole other podcast if you wanted that's where we're at now where we were is completely different so that's the first thing and when people say to me I can't meditate you know that's really hard 21 breaths you can do anywhere and I say to people when they say oh look you know I can't find time for that it's like 21 breaths you're kidding me so I always say to people do you have the toilet every day yes well do it when you're sitting on the toilet 21 breaths are you do you buy a coffee (laughs) or a juice (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Wait for your tw- do your twenty one breaths. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know you can relax then, um, and it's, it's better for you. Um, or you know if you're waiting for a juice or a coffee, by the time they make it and bring it to you, you could have done it. So it's not about this. Is the thing people think they've got to set time aside for meditation. I don't agree with that. I feel we have so many um, moments in our day where we can go right. I've got time to do twenty one minute twenty one breaths right now. Sitting in traffic. You can do it. So that's that's one way. Um, guided meditations are really great for other people. You know, you can get this get gazillions of them on the on the internet. Um, guided for people who find it hard to meditate because some people can't hold that um, one word. They need a journey. They need someone to talk them through it. They need to have some action within themselves. They feel like they need to be doing something. That's another great thing. So get some guided meditations. The other thing is journaling, you know, to start listening, getting that deeper wisdom within, um, connecting to that. Get a piece of paper in the morning or at night and just write, you know, okay, this is what I want want to happen today and write. Or, you know, I had a really bad day yesterday. I want a different day today. What do I need to do? And you just give yourself five to ten minutes and write. Now, I'm not big on keeping journals. I, I write stuff out, but when I'm done, I burn it. I never go back and look at it. I burn it. It's I don't want to hang on to old stuff. But writing things out is another way of learning that deeper communication because what you're doing is your energetic impulse that's going on in your head, in your brain, becomes a physical reality by the time you write it. You're physically writing something. You put something in front of you that you can, you're actually – connecting to so that's another thing journaling or writing um 21 breath meditation um guided meditations that there they would be the three things i would say anyone and everyone can do and anyone who says they have trouble meditating they haven't tried 21 breaths try 21 breaths and you'll be sold imagine doing that in nature as well sitting at the beach or in a tree in a tree (laughs) under a tree or you know in in the park like you could do that quietly without anybody knowing what you're doing that's a beautiful to combine nature with that as well would be so powerful 
Well, that's, yeah. you know, you're, you're right, Kim. That's my thing is nature. I mean, go-to for everyone. A lot of people who live in the cities, and I work in Melbourne a lot, and people don't get out into nature. They're so busy jumping on trams and trains to get to work, all this time commuting, coming home. They're all on their phones and their computers. There's no time for nature. and They're really disconnected. That's one of the biggest things to get into your heart is to start being grounded, hang out in nature and start connecting. Ground yourself down as much as you can. Earth um, energy, get your feet into the earth. Feel the energy and have that sense of as you're feet on the earth you are actually energetically connecting with the ley lines and the song lines of the planet and they're like the meridians of the earth and we have meridians in our energy body so there's this beautiful flow that goes between bare feet in nature best thing you can do amazing amazing raylene i i have a question for you um so cultures you know i'm very much into cultures and their traditions and Cultures never lost this, did they? We've lost it. Yeah. Why Why do you think civilization and what is believed to be, you know, the dawning of whatever we've done, why do you think this has happened as opposed to those cultures that have existed for probably a million years that, and some still exist today that live your principles why did we come here? Why did we not just stay there? What? What? I, I know this sounds like a weird question, but we destroyed those cultures as white people. Mm-hmm. Um, we destroyed the Aboriginal culture. Their their culture was stunning, and I I remember oh, I've, I I could go on and talk about this amazing man, Van Graham, um, that I met and. I've met a lot of amazing Aboriginal people who still live their spiritual ways. Please tell me, why did we go this way? Why did we not just stay there? Because um, when it was it's disconnection, and what happened? And I, I don't want to get on a you know a band a soapbox here. So I've got to be careful with that. But it's called religion. Oh and, yes, and so <laughs> of course. So, you know, the Indigenous cultures, and I've had a lot to do with Indigenous cultures, their religion, inverted commas, religion is the earth. And so, and this is a big thing, you know, when, when I present, when I go and speak at a lot of events, and there's, there can become some religious people there, and they're a bit funny about when I speak, and that's fine, but I always let them know, and this is, might help some people. What is religion? Religion is a set of rules that is in place to help people grow their soul, basically. But they've been put in place by man-made perceptions. Spirituality is far bigger than that. And what we need to do, people who start living their spiritual life, what they're actually doing is they are writing their own rules. They are creating their own spiritual religion that suits them, that works for them, but they're not making everybody else follow it. So the, the religious culture, the dogma, that is what stopped a lot of the Indigenous cultures because it made them wrong. It stripped them of their dignity. It took everything from them away because their gods, which was the earth and, you know, many other beings and deities, um, didn't suit the religious model. That's what happened. So Indigenous cultures now, even though they're struggling, more and more people, we're starting to see it, we're starting to look back. How did they do it? How did they look after the land? And as we know, they never owned the land. They were only caretakers. Religion has come in and religion is about ownership and it's about power and it's about separation and it's about keeping the power in this very small, you know, um, cocoon at the top and everybody else is paying homage to it. So there's a disconnect and if we've been disconnected from the earth, we've been disempowered. And this is why this nature is really big at the moment for people coming back. But but saying religion, I think religion has been taken over. And I think science is now being has taken over religion. So now we pay homage to, oh, as long as that we can prove that, then it's good. But if we can't prove it, well that doesn't exist. So Well I, that, you know, that's the way I look at it. Yeah. Well, science is a really big thing and you know what? I've said this to doctors before when they've challenged me on things and that's fine. I'm happy to talk to anyone. Um, I've had a doctor sort of say, a couple of doctors say, well, you know, what you're saying, there's no proof. 
And I always, and so I go, okay, so you're in the you're in the doctor world, yes. You've been to operations, yes. Tell me what a thought looks like. <laughs> Tell me what a feeling looks like. We know we know them; they exist. But what does it look like? How can you prove that someone's having a thought or an emotion? What's the difference? How can you tell? And so it's trying to put it into a context where things mm. are there are things happening that we can't see and we can't prove, but we know it because we can feel it. So that's mm. sort of another thing about the heart stuff. You, you know, when we start to feel stuff. It can be real for us. It doesn't mean it's real for anyone else. But if it's real for us, it's our heart. It's our soul. It's our message. It's our wisdom. It's our call to action. And that's when people, that's why some people have resistance because they're frightened of stepping into something new or stepping into who they are. I don't know about the other two, but right now I have this um, very grounded feeling. And I, I know this sounds really weird, but I do. Just listening to what you've been saying, Raleigh, I feel for the first time in quite a few weeks, because I've been very displaced, I feel very displaced at the moment, I actually feel grounded. So I want to thank you for that. And I hope our listeners have really listened to what you've said, because it makes the most amount of sense um, of what is happening and uh, how we can, you know, create that change. And I know for me, going to the Andes and to the Sacred Valley and to uh, hiking those mountain trails with my two beautiful friends and 12 other new amazing friends was the most enriching um, two weeks for me in um, for so many on so many levels. So. Nature, you said, you know, um, grounding. So these are the practical things that we can do to understand our position on the planet, our position um, in the universe, our purpose for what is happening here. So I, I want to thank you for reminding because we know everything. It's all there. We just have to be reminded. <laughs> thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah, amazing. That, um, just glad you said about the Andes because I did the whole thing there and I actually did some shamanic training there and the shamans mm. they're the they're the earth they're the mm. earth mm. medicine men and all the stuff they do is of the earth and from the earth and that one of my greatest um liberating things was learning that when you work with someone it's about you and that person all the other stuff are props and it, the best, the best medicine is earth medicine because we are of the earth. The earth is minerals. We are minerals. We are of the earth. We are of the stars. We're the same minerals being cycled through the universe over and over. So coming back to that, so the oils, you know, Kim does oils. Mm. Cindy's all about food, minerals of the earth. The oils are minerals. So and crystals are minerals. So it's it's all part of this earth medicine that we're all needing to bring us back into balance. Mm, I love it. What a fabulous podcast this has been. Oh, more than fabulous. Oh, I don't want it to stop. Oh, <laughs> I want to do this. <laughs> all, all right, we're doing the shamanic next. I want to learn about that. Okay, we're having yeah, you back. There's no sure. way we are stopping here. <laughs> okay. Is that okay, Raylene? I would love to just hear more. Yeah. Yeah, too easy. Anytime. You know, I love sharing information because if people right. are ready, you're planting seeds and those who are ready hear it, those who aren't ready still hear it and they don't do anything until they are ready. <laughs> mm, exactly. It's, it's all perfect. Exactly. Mm. I think it would be kind of cool. I don't know about you girls, but I have felt Peru calling me back and mm, I think too. it would be really cool to do Peru again but to do, you know, the, the shamanic tour um, that's more off the beaten track where you are sitting with the shamans sure. in ceremony mm. and really experiencing Pachamama, um, yeah. Mother Earth, on a whole other level. Uh, um, Mount, Mountain Lodges does that, Karen. They, well, they, they do. Up, I've, do they? I've watched, I've watched the documentary on on mountain lodges doing that exact thing and doing. Is it Ashawanga? Ashawanga. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Ayahuasca. 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 <laughs> it was somewhere around there, and and doing that, but on a in a very sacred and safe space oh. and in a very spiritual level. And I, I watched these people doing it, and um, 
uh, and listening to them. It was, um, I'm trying to thrive. It was those guys. It was the Thrive guys. Um, you know, they're a husband and wife team. He's a proctor. Yes. His name's Proctor. Yeah. And watch that documentary. It's amazing. So, yeah, yes, I'm got- with you. Yeah. You've got to be very mindful um, with that ayahuasca stuff, uh, getting the right person because it it can rape your mind. Oh, really? Yeah, you've got to get the right shaman and the right ceremony. The ones who do it properly, there's a lot over there doing it the wrong way and that's why there's a lot of problems. So, you know, and it can muck you up. So you need to be with the right person and someone who's got a lineage, not just someone who wakes up in this life and says, I'm going to take people on an ayahuasca journey. It's almost like the shaman has to be of a lineage because they have the respect and the connection to it and then you'll be safe. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because I was watching a TED video and the TED video was about this um, archaeologist and anthropologist who went through South America and he noted that there was a tribe that um, mixed five herbs together, so five plants together. And he realised when he looked at the compounds of the of the five plants that if one was by itself, it would, could be quite dangerous because it had these properties, but there was a second one that... Um, actually um counteracted that and so he asked the the um the tribesmen well how did you know to put those five together and i know this sounds really weird but they said the plants talk to us yep yeah Mm -hmm. yeah that's That's a whole other thing ladies Welcome to my oh. world. <laughs> I love it. Well, Kim, you would know that. I know. Yeah. I'm just sitting here going after reading the 10, 12, no, 20 years ago I read the book, The Secret Life of Plants and How They Communicate. I was just, we also yeah. had Dr. Greg Clark on here saying that mushrooms can communicate 10 kilometres apart and the way they talk, the way that, well, we, we just, it's phenomenal, which is why I love essential oils because they are the life force of the plant, which is why I love growing herbs and vegetables and things like that because you're at one with nature. It is so such a privilege that we perhaps have lost sight of just how easy and beautiful it is. Well, that's it, Kim. Mm. Life is it is simple. We've just made it really hard and that's the one thing that people are looking for now. It's the one thing I know I'm very good at with people is, is finding the simplicity because if you can make things simple, people will do it. And you guys would know that with what you're doing. Mm. Beautiful. Well, Definitely. I so love that. Thank you. Thank you, Raylene. This has been amazing. Oh, so my pleasure. For, for, for our listeners, where do they find you? Okay. Uh, they can find me at www.raylenebyrne.com and uh, there are a few things there. And if anyone's really wanting to be adventurous, um, I have a retreat in Bali coming up in September and it is about um, mm. shifting some of the subconscious stuff through little adventures taking people to the edge of their comfort zone and then showing them that, you know, what's on the other side of that is only one step away and encourage them through it. So we've got lots of activities to help people break through common subconscious limitations and thoughts that, you know, create obstacles. So uh, I've got that coming up. That's on my website and there's a whole lot of other stuff about the big birth, which has been quite fascinating in how it's come together. So it's all magic at the moment. Awesome. Sounds amazing. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, fabulous. Well, we'll make sure that we put those um, that that link on our show notes as well. Raylene, this has been an incredible interview, and we'll look forward to getting you back to talk more about the shamanic experiences with that beautiful Cindy. So- oh, that's <laughs> Thank you so much, ladies. Lovely to be in your space. You're beautiful. Thank, Thank you, you so much for sharing. Thank you, Raylene. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's so beautiful, Cindy. Bless your little heart. Well, for everybody who's been listening to today's show, hopefully you've enjoyed it as much as we have. Go to our Facebook page mm. at www.facebook.com forward slash Opera Chat. And if any of you guys have also had a shamanic experience or have done that that trail through um, Machu Picchu, why not just drop us a line and let us know about your experience of it? I actually know two or three of you that I've already had a conversation with about this, so it would be interesting to see you guys making comment on it. You can also go to our um, uh, the, the website at all the w's dot the forward slash up for a chat. 
and you can post your comments and your questions there. And if anybody is interested, I don't know, what do you think, girls? Should we think about that? Should we think about doing another trip to Peru? Well, we are. In the, weren't we going down the very bottom of Peru? And we could include that. We, we were yeah, going to go to Chile. Mm. We were thinking about Patagonia. Yeah. Yeah. Because mm. I'm, I'm, I'm going to do the Patagonia. I'm already looking. Already got my 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 tour lab. I'll let you know. <laughs> Yay. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, well, let's let's talk about it. Let's let's talk about what we can create there. I think that mm, sounds awesome. Mm, does. Yeah. So we're going to see you guys all here next week on Up for a Chat, where you get to become part of the ripple effect that's changing the world. And we're going to see you on the ride. Big hugs to everybody. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst The Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of The Wellness Couch podcasts.